This week on the show, we're going to catch up on a couple of weeks worth of stuff that sold on eBay, Etsy, Mercari, and more, and cover just a little bit of reselling news. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Uh, thank you to all of you who caught the kind of bonus episode last week on the sale of Poshmark to the Korean company Naver. If you missed that episode somehow, I will link to it down in the show notes and the video description down below. But that was one of the most watched and listened to episodes I have ever done. And I, I did the thing I normally do here on YouTube <laughs> uh, and forgot to ask for people to like and subscribe. So if you've happened to have my videos pop back up in your feed again and you're giving me another shot, hey, uh, feel free to subscribe. We did pick up a, a pretty hefty number of subscribers from that show. Uh, so, I, But I appreciate everybody that watched it and commented, and there was a nice little discussion there. So uh, definitely go and check that out. We've got a couple of reselling news items to cover today, and then I'm going to catch up on some what sold items that have taken place over the last two or three weeks where I have not done that because there has been so much reselling news. So without further ado... News Updates. Let's jump into just a couple of reselling news updates. If you are a seller on Etsy, they are going to kick off a 2022 sales event beginning on October 24th. This article on e-commerce bites. Etsy kicking off its early holiday sales shopping experience October 24th. And they have invited sellers to participate by either putting the contents of their entire shop on sale or selecting individual items to put on sale to participate in the event sellers must schedule a sale of at least 20% off to run from October 24th to November 17th. So this is kind of pre black Friday, kind of try to get a jump start on the holiday selling season. You do have to do 20% off or more in order to participate. They will also be holding a Cyber Week sales event in order to participate in that event, which runs from uh, November 18th through the 30th. You must have a shop-wide sale, and that will only be available to shoppers in the Etsy app on the first day and then open up to all shoppers beginning on the 19th. I believe they did something like that fairly recently where there was a promotion only to shoppers on the app. So this is something they're really focusing on. They want their shoppers on mobile. I don't know what percentage of their shoppers currently use mobile versus desktop and whatnot, but this is a, a has been and continues to be a big push for Etsy. Uh, they cover some ideas on pricing strategy. Uh, this is all available in the article on Etsy. Uh, in their new seller guide, they say factoring discounts into your pricing strategy early on makes it easier to understand the impact on both sides of the transaction, both in how you set your base price and how running sales or coupons impacts your average order value, sales volume, and overall revenue. If your base price allows for a healthy profit margin, you can then discount to accomplish additional objectives like acquiring new customers, increasing average order value, or increasing order frequency. This is all fairly business 101 type stuff here, but a lot of resellers don't come at this gig with much business background. So this is pretty helpful information for Etsy to not just be 
telling people, promote your store, run a sale. They're giving you some actual tangible benefits and some reasons why you might want to do it and how you should do it, how you should calculate kind of how to uh, run a promotion and run a sale and what those effects will be on your margins and your sales and so on. So kudos to Etsy for taking a little bit deeper dive into this. Holiday shoppers want to know their gifts will arrive on time. Make sure your processing times are up to date and your shipping profiles are filled out completely. If you need more time to complete orders during your busy season, consider updating your processing times. You can check out additional information and tips in the Etsy seller handbook. I will, of course, link to this and the other article in the show notes in the video description below. The only other real news, and we've been talking about this for some time, I've done a couple of episodes on shipping and on USPS. They have finally announced uh, the dreaded upcoming permanent price increases that they are proposing for January. This is set to take effect the day after the holiday surcharges go away. So we've got that to look forward to. We're going to pay higher fees for first class and priority in some instances through the holidays up until January 21st or 22nd. And then these new permanent price increases will take effect. The surcharge currently in effect does not affect media mail, but this permanent one coming up in January is going to affect media mail rates. The cost of sending packages by media mail will rise an average of 4.4% on January 22nd. P.O. box rentals are going up 4.5% and the cost of a first class stamp will rise 5% to 63 cents. They filled out a proposed market dominant rate increase with the Postal Regulatory Commission back on October 7th, uh, and they usually just rubber stamp that thing. I've, I have personally never seen an instance where this commission said, mm, no, that's not going to fly. <laughs> uh, they have not yet announced the permanent price increases for first class package services. Those were moved from the market dominant class to the competitive class. I would expect in the next week or so they will announce what their proposed changes for that are as well. So that's all going to be coming up. Uh, postcard rates are going up as well. Certified mail and money order fees, in addition, will be going up. So uh, four, four and a half percent. This increase is not as big as the one that took place back in June, uh, which was a little heftier. In some cases, it's fairly small. So uh, there's a link uh, within this article to the postal rate tables where you can go in and actually look at all the various changes. So if you're inclined to do that, it's obviously several months off. But as always, just be aware that these price increases are going to be coming our way in January. With that out of the way, hey, let's have a little more fun and do some what sold. So it's been several weeks since I covered some sold items and I had a couple people comment or reach out to me and said, this episode needs to be a big one. <laughs> uh, so I've got, I think it's 18 items to go over today. Uh, not all of which are books, but it is as usual with me. If you've been playing along at home for very long, it's a fairly media heavy uh, episode in that aspect. Again, I am in a situation where for the last several weeks in a row, I have sold items on all four platforms, Bonanza, Mercari, Etsy, and eBay. I don't have any Bonanza items to show this week because they were all fairly low dollar sales, nothing too exciting there, but I do have stuff from all of the other three. This first item, 
This was part of the big lot of books that I did a show on, gosh, several months ago where I'm in the process. I still have not acquired all of these books, but it's about 15,000 books for an average cost of about four to five cents a piece. This was a, a book from 1995. It was a big, like 16-inch by 12-inch kind of paperback, almost a bigger than magazine-sized book, Fish, Michigan, 50 Rivers by Tom Hugler. It was a first printing uh, from Freed Publications. It was a really nice book. It wasn't in fantastic condition. If you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see the cover's got some creasing in it, and it's just it's not super clean, but it's a fairly unusual piece, and it contained... Uh, maps and descriptions of the best places to fish along rivers in the state of Michigan. I sold this within about 48 hours of having listed it over on Mercari for $20 with free shipping. I talked a couple of weeks ago that I had come across a pretty big collection of uh, true crime novels, and in some cases I was lotting them up, and in some cases they were doing pretty well individually, I think I've got a couple in this particular update. This first one went on an auction over on eBay. Murder in Sin City, the death of a Las Vegas casino boss by Jeff German. It was a first edition paperback from 2001. Fairly hard to find. I started this at an auction at $19.99 and it had just two bids. Sold for $20.49 plus media mail shipping of $3.49. Again, from the big lot, so cost of goods sold is less than a nickel. A CD. Uh, if you've if you followed this show for a while, you know I made a big, big purchase a couple of summers ago of about 8,000 CDs that cost me about three and a half cents a piece. This is one from that particular purchase. John Gavanti, an operetta by DNA. It was a new CD from October of 1998 on Atavistic Records. Uh, this sold on my 25% off offering that I'm running right now. So it went for $22.49 with free shipping. Uh, as uh, Brandon, the media picker says, there can still be money in media. It is not all super valuable, but if you do a good job of picking out the right items or you buy at a low enough price and you can build lots and you, know, you can still make some money in uh, traditional media, there was recently an article, and I can't recall right off the top of my head where I saw it, but there are several people that are in that nostalgia mode for compact discs. We've seen the revival of vinyl, and there's been a little bit of an upsurge with cassette tapes. Now we're starting already to see a little bit of pushback in people wanting to collect CDs again. There was an article where um, a music fan was talking about how Shopify, or not Shopify, Spotify, had changed their listening habits, and they thought it was to the detriment of their enjoyment of music, and they are now back into buying physical media. So this might be something to kind of keep an eye on over the next coming months to see if there is some kind of resurgence, particularly in CDs. We all know vinyl is still doing really, really well. If you've got if you've got desirable titles, if you've got a box full of Ray Conniff records, it's probably not so much the case. <laughs> uh, but if you've got some good stuff, there's money in vinyl and there is still money in CDs. And I think we're going to start to see more and more of that being the case. 
Back to books, Tiger House Party from 1959. This was a first edition hardcover in its dust jacket from Emily Hahn. It was published by Doubleday and Company. Uh, this was uh, called The Out of This World Adventures of the Author Among the Tiger Shooting Maharajas. Uh, I believe it was in India. Pretty interesting book. Another one out of the big lot. So my cost of goods sold was less than a nickel. It is currently in my 30% off sale. It went for $24.49 plus media mail shipping. Another book also from that lot. And again, an example of a book. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the physical condition of this book is not fantastic. The dust jacket has pretty significant wear and damage on it. But if it's an unusual title and it still has its dust jacket in some level of condition, you can still make pretty good money on it. This is another nickel cost of goods sold book. A History of Fundamentalism in America by George W. Dollar. It was from 1973. It was published by Bob Jones University. This went for $24.99 plus customer paid shipping, even in a less than ideal condition. So I've talked about this before. I know Katie Reeds has mentioned this before. Dust jackets add a significant amount of value to the book obviously, especially if they're in great condition, but even if they're in somewhat mediocre condition, they will make a book more valuable than one without. So unless the dust jacket is literally completely falling apart, I will usually leave them on the book and just disclose what the condition of it is. And I can still command somewhat of a premium for those books. So don't, if you're out looking at books, don't hesitate to look at books that are in what you might consider to be subpar condition because they can still bring some good money. Uh, the first sale for Etsy for this particular show, The American Indian Story by May McNear. I think it was Lind. Uh, this was from 1963. It was a first printing hardcover in library binding. So I've talked about these before where it is a, uh, a special binding. It's heavier duty than the traditional hardcover. It usually has cover art actually on the cover as opposed to on a dust jacket. Sometimes they will have dust jackets as well. This particular one did not. But again, a first printing ex-library book in library binding. This is also from that big lot. So another sub five cent book that sold over on Etsy for $24.99 plus, again, media mail shipping. Uh, another book. This was from an estate sale. I picked up a bunch of books last summer for about 50 cents a piece. This is The Disruption of American Democracy by Roy Franklin Nichols. It was a first printing hardcover from 1948. This sold on a best offer of $25.49, again, plus media mail shipping. Old, again, history books, science books, textbooks, can do pretty well. So again, if you're inclined to be looking for books and you see these old ones, again, this is another example. If you are watching on YouTube, you can see it's not necessarily in fantastic condition. There's some wear, there's some minor damage on the spine, and yet it's still commanded uh, nearly $26. Another one, also in pretty subpar condition, but a fairly unusual, hard-to-find book, Four Years in Paradise by Osa Johnson. This was a illustrated hardcover with its dust jacket from 1941. It was signed by the author. was on uh, published by Garden City Publishing. Um, again, another one. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this dust jacket is really, really rough. The, the bottom left corner of it is torn off. Uh, it's damaged at the top. It's damaged along both sides. It is really rough. 
but I left it on the book again because it does add some value even in that condition. This was another one that I put up at auction. It received four bids and sold for $28 even plus customer paid shipping. This was a fascinating book and I almost kept it. I have always been a kind of a history junkie, particularly World War II era history. It's always fascinated me. This was a book published by Grumman, who made um, military aircraft and other items during the war. And as far as I know, they still do. I think it's Northrop Grumman now. But this was Grumman at War, the 15th anniversary. It was a first edition, illustrated hardcover from 1945. Really fascinating piece on the various models of planes that they built for the Navy in particular during World War II. This sold for $29.99 plus customer paid shipping. It was another one from the big lot with a cost of goods sold of less than one nickel. Another one also from that lot, uh, America by Ralph Steadman from 1974. This was another first edition illustrated hardcover. The, this guy did a lot of art for Hunter S. Thompson, who wrote the, um, the kind of introduction and the forward to this book. And it's essentially a book full of his art covering his view of America in the late 1960s and early 1970s. A really, really interesting piece. The dust cover, again, was not in fantastic condition. It wasn't, wasn't terrible, but it was a little rough. But the book was almost immaculate. So I had this listed at $37.99 or best offer. I had a customer that reached out and messaged me asking uh, if they could buy it for $30. I did not. I said I could not justify doing that. I had my minimum acceptable offer set at $32, which was the lowest price that one would have sold for on eBay as far back as I could see. He decided in the end that that was a good deal and made the offer and bought it at $32 plus customer paid media mail shipping. Another one of the true crime paperbacks. Uh, I know my first name is Stephen by Mike Eccles from 1999. This was an updated edition, illustrated paperback. Again, most paperbacks, most mass market paperbacks are all but worthless. I see literally hundreds of them selling for less than what it's going to cost to ship them on eBay. So I've gone through, I would guess a couple of thousand paperbacks and I've only been able to really pull out a relative hand few that have been worth anything like decent money. But these vintage kind of true crime ones are definitely winners to be on the lookout for. Uh, this is one that was advertised on TV. It was um, updated because the, the killer in this particular story had been identified after the original book had been published. So this was kind of a cool piece if you're into that kind of stuff. Another one from the big lot, so another nickel book that sold for $32.99 plus customer paid shipping for a paperback. Pretty cool. <laughs> Back over to Etsy. Uh, this was a really cool book from 1936. Fantastic Art Dada Surrealism from the uh, Museum of Modern Art. Again, from 1936, illustrated hardcover. It was, the cover was pretty faded and stained, but the book itself, the pages were in pretty good condition and the, the actual photos of the art, the prints were in good shape. So not a bad deal at all. Sold for $34.99 plus customer paid shipping. 
I don't typically seem to do particularly well with art books unless they're quite a bit older. So again, this was from 1936, which makes it a little more value. Anything even moderately contemporary, say 19, mid-1980s and newer, I typically don't do very well with, but anything older than that seems to be much, much stronger. Old yearbooks. Uh, when I'm out at estate sales, if I sometimes you'll go to a sale and they want five, ten, twelve dollars for these things, and I will usually pass on them at that price because it's very difficult to make any money. But if I can buy them for a buck or less a piece, or I can acquire them as part of a bulk purchase where I just clean out the estate of all the books, I will usually go ahead and list them. I had one buyer that reached out and bought three Shepherdsville College from Shepherdstown, West Virginia, the 1953, 54, and 55. Uh, I believe the title of the yearbook was the Kahangaruta. Uh, they were in really good shape. I actually have four years worth of this. This customer apparently already had the other year, that, or they were not interested in that particular year, but 1953 through 1955, I had these. I owned these for about 50 cents a piece. They sold for $13.99 a piece plus shipping, so $41.97 out of an investment of maybe a buck and a half to start. Uh, another old book from the big lot from 1977, uh, Anchor Press. I typically look for books published by Anchor Press. They seem to do pretty well for me. This was Dwelling, Making and Living in Your Own. Uh, it's cut off the rest of the title, but it was essentially a book from 1977 about making your own kind of uh, antique dwelling, if you will. So it was talking about making like mud huts and adobes and that kind of stuff. It was a really, really cool book. Paperback. Uh, there is a hardcover version of this that I think is a little more value, but even the paperback sold for $29.99 plus customer paid shipping. Another of these true crime books, The Sleeping Lady, The Trailside Murders Above the Golden Gate from 1991. This was a first printing paperback. Again, not in particularly great shape, some of these in really good shape have sold for over $100. I started this at an auction at $29.99 and it got 11 bids, finally sold for $44 plus customer paid shipping. Again, an item that was less than a nickel. Uh, true crime for the win. Cool old set of books from 1957 sold on Etsy, the New American Encyclopedia. This was an eight volume complete set. Uh, was edited by a guy named Mulford Adams. I had not heard of him previously. I have two sets of these. I listed the set that was in better condition as a set for $59.99, and it sold on Etsy. The other eight I am selling individually because they vary in condition from pretty good to pretty terrible, so I didn't want to make a set out of those. So those are, if you buy big lots of books, sometimes those are the decisions that you're going to have to make. Do I sell it as a set? Do I sell them individually? In this case, the better looking set I sold as a set for 60 bucks. This was part of a, uh, a big estate sale purchase. I owned these books for a whole 25 cents a piece. Uh, this was a free to me. I talked a few episodes ago about how my parents are kind of downsizing and essentially every time I go up there, I'm getting a box of electronics or whatnot to try to get rid of. In this case, it was a Vintage Techniques SLP-101 single-disc compact disc player. I tested this out. It was working. 
did not have a remote. I don't think this particular model came with a remote originally. My my folks didn't necessarily always have to have the uh, most expensive item in electronics. I'm an electronics junkie. I always want the best. <laughs> uh, but they were a little more simple in that. So this is a fairly basic single CD player. Free to me, sold for $70 plus customer paid shipping. Uh, this was actually on Mercari. So two sales on Mercari this week. And now your flip of the week. This was on Etsy. Um, Etsy had been really slow for me over the last 10 days or so. And then within the span of about 10 hours, I had five or six orders on Etsy, all of which were really, really good. This was the big one, though, from Amy Semple McPherson. This is that. It's a first edition hardcover illustrated from 1919. Uh, was published by the Bridal Call Publishing Company. Really interesting old book in pretty decent condition for something that's over 100 years old. This was part of, again, the big lot, so my cost of goods sold is under a nickel, and this bad boy sold for $99.99 plus customer-paid shipping. So fantastic sale. Really excited about that one. But a, a great way to wrap up this week's show. Uh, and, and that's all I got for you this week. I hope everybody had a great week. Again, thank you and welcome to all the new subscribers. If this is your first time here, hey, do consider subscribing. If you enjoyed this and you're watching over on YouTube, do me a favor and whack that thumbs up button. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.